0: Well, anyway, this this morning uh, I thought it'd be awesome just to hear from uh, some other people. Uh, so we, you know, we took we took communion. It's a, I talked about it being an act of like communion with God, but then it's also an act of um, communing with each other, and, and being able to hear uh, other voices in the community is, is such a such a cool thing. So I invited um, a few other people to reflect on uh, reflect on, I guess, the last few months uh, since. You know, New Zealand started progressing through alert levels and lockdown and everything like that. And because um, it's it's crazy to think that only you know, like two months ago, uh, I think it was two months ago, we were um, you know basically in our homes and not able to go very far from there. So um, I don't, I just sort of didn't want to. You know, rush on, rush on from maybe the things that we should, we ought to be holding on to, and to think, and to be thinking about um, before, um, yeah, before whatever comes up next. And um, so, uh, but before we do that, let's um, let's pray. And uh, you know, ultimately, we want, uh, we all want to to hear from the Lord. What is the Lord uh, yeah, speaking to us about? So you know, as people share this morning, it might just be bringing stuff to mind um, that you that you've been like thinking about, you've been pondering, and uh, and thinking about those things. So, yeah, Lord, we <clears throat> we we just take this take this moment to uh, bring our bring our attention back to you and to open ourselves up to you, Holy Spirit. What are you uh, wanting to say to us? What are you saying to us, Jesus? Um, yeah, Lord, I. I know I ask that for myself personally. What are you saying, Lord? What are you saying to me? What are you saying to us as a church? You are, um, you are a dynamic God, a God that's on the move, and your kingdom is advancing. And so give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen. So my, my first guest, oh, kids? I see the kids, if you, if you do want to head out. You're welcome to stay. My first guest uh, said that they were not going to be here today. And so I thought, well, that's no excuse anymore, is it? Like, like none of us were able to be here today, two months ago. And uh, so, um, Sam, have you got um, Caleb lined up? Coming. So my first guest this morning is Caleb Carney, live to you from yesterday.
1: Morning everybody, uh, we are out of town this weekend, so I'm coming to you from my uh, from my actual lockdown cave where I've been working and hanging out, hiding for the last three months, which um, if I was to describe our lockdown and the season of COVID, I'm probably with respect to death and disaster, call it the greatest three months ever, I've loved it. <laughs> i really 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 loved it and to be honest I'm still probably uh, in a lockdown kind of state of mind I've been to the office once i've uh'm I'm, I'm i'm literally <laughs> recording this now so I don't have to deliver it myself this is the new me this is all you're gonna see of me ever yeah, again which is not true but anyway I have really loved it and I was talking to a co Workout, a colleague, uh, at when I did go into work, and she was saying that it's quite interesting the effect that it seemed like extroverts have gone introverted, and introverts have gone extroverted, whereas it's like an introvert would be, uh, has been, introverts have been home for three months, and, and, and it's storing up energy for nothing, for what? So now they're like, she was saying, she's just really itching to get out and see people and do stuff, whereas the extroverts haven't been charged by a social interaction, and so we're still quite dormant, and so <laughs> it's kind of where I'm at the moment. Very reluctant to start the uh, the uh, the wheel, the treadmill of, you know, the hamster wheel of life. Um, <clears throat> so, doing it slowly, um, and have enjoyed all of the good stuff. It's been, obviously, some rough times as well, as they have been for all of us, but for the most part, uh, I've really enjoyed taking my world back to 1945 and sticking to my suburb and, and things like that. And so I guess that kind of segues um, into uh, what what God showed us over the lockdown season. When it all started kicking off and it was clear that we were all going to be stuck at home for who knows how long, uh, one thing that Rachel and I really wanted to uh, take advantage of was um, this question of how how was our street, because that's what it came down to. Your world was going to be uh, shrunk to your street, to your home, to your block. And so our question was, okay, how was our street going to be better off for having us on it? Uh, and so we came up with a few ideas and things like that, and we had a really good, we had a good neighbourhood here, which was already quite well formed in terms of, the neighbourhood was uh, sectioned into blocks. And so you instantly had access on Facebook to the people at the, you know, the north end of your street, the south end of your street, you know, this set of blocks. And so the whole village in Pike, Academic was divided that way. So we had a good north end of Ames Street block. And so we started thinking, right, okay, so everyone's going to be at home, bit. we'd say we, this is like a really good opportunity to... Um, Benefit those people's lives by simply by our presence, by hopefully being a, ver- a version of Christ to the north end of Ames Street. So we started by, and we already had good relationships with most of our neighbours, but just passing ones, as you do, because we all travel for church, and we all travel for work, and we all travel for school and extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial? extracurricular, extraterrestrial activities. Um, So it's kind of an interesting uh, way that life works these days. We don't actually really exist in our own physical neighborhoods. And lockdown, to me, the best part of it was that was literally occupying your street and your world. That's your society um, was the people around you. You know, and Rachel said, you know, it's like there are people in those houses. And so, uh, so we started doing, and it was quite good too because the kids really you, you lose a lot of routine and so we started to build a routine in the mornings at least around kind of hanging the day around 11 o'clock and taking our coffee our morning tea our piece of cake or biscuits or deck chairs picnic blankets and we would take it out to our berm on the side of the street and um and just have our morning tea there every day and told everyone that that's what we were going to do and if anybody needed to have a yarn or catch up or see another friendly face or they were going a bit crazy inside that 11 o'clock there'd be someone always us maybe someone else uh, every day and so that quickly turned into a bit of a street tradition um and they you know people across the street and around us and at at an appropriate distance with their coffees their scones and (laughs) it was really nice it was really 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 nice because it didn't take long for stories to come out and we heard some incredible um Staff and we got to like expose a part of our life that didn't easily isn't easily exposed, I suppose. And so each kind of day we would be there and we'd have chats and yarns and maybe there'd be one person and so the yarns would go in this direction or maybe there'd be six people or they'd head in this direction. And sometimes you know there was a couple of times where someone would be having a proper meltdown and so we had the opportunity to pray for people from the side of the road and, <laughs> and across the street and. Someone was, uh, we heard incredible stories of um, just what was going on in people's lives, you know, and, you know, marriages breaking down or people who ha- are dealing with some incredible um, traumatic um, experiences and the fallout from those. We had um, people knocking on our door trying to, trying to get away from abusive husbands, uh, well, abusive husband. Um, we had... Relationships kind of on the rocks we had some mental health issues going on and it wasn't like we were there just kind of being doctors or anything like that but we were just there and it was good and it was really good to be um, in that in, in the world that actually exists around us I guess and so the relationships that we've built the people that physically are closest to us have been, it's been amazing it's been invaluable and so we just really, really loved that and now the weather's changed, it's harder to do, um, but those relationships have, are continuing to grow, and it's really, really awesome, because you kind of have got your foot in the door a little bit. Anyway, I'm probably not saying enough quickly enough. So, yes, so to, to, we really enjoyed it. We loved it. I mean, we loved having a get-out-of-jail-free card, a bulletproof excuse to uh, not do anything, um, and we're starting up quite slowly on that. Um and we feel like um, it's been a really great opportunity and one that we've relished to see how little we need and how little we actually need to give our kids, I suppose. <laughs> you know, the kids were amazing. They were resilient and they don't need as much as you think they do and you stress yourself out sometimes trying to tick all the, all the right boxes. But God gave us a really good insight into um, exactly who he is and what we're here for and things like that so in that regard that was a really really good lockdown for us um, and so we like how will it affect our life well it, it's still affecting our life we haven't we haven't really come out of it and to look when we went into lockdown we were already homeschooling and I was already working from home a little bit i um, half of my week so the phase into lockdown wasn't that big a deal but I guess it was nice having a captive audience around us of neighbours to um, to live with, and, and I was talking to, I think it was Kirk the other week, and we were talking about how, you know, these people that we actually see in our neighbourhoods or in our streets as we come and go, come and go, come and go, those are actually, um, we, we, can, we can have the opportunity to be a bit more influential or impactful on those people's lives when we had the time, and we did have the time, and it was so awesome to see how quickly that happened, when that, your whole world kind of comes down to a, to that size, as opposed to all of this, that you really, um, yeah. So, where, what am I saying now? Um, I guess we feel, I mean, I'd like to do this every year, to be honest, annual lockdown for the month of April, June, not April, it's my birthday. I don't want any more lockdown birthdays. That was nice too, a lockdown birthday. We just had donuts and, and bubbles on the on the berm with the neighbours, in the rain actually, but it was really fun. But yeah, um, so look, God's been really good to us and uh, as, a, as a country as, as well, I think, you know, there's been a whole lot of blessing that's come out of this very, very odd situation, um, and I guess we've just been trying to stay alive to that and see all the upsides and silver linings, and uh, you know, and, and keep that attitude. I suppose of how can we, how can we make the people around us better off for having us, and thereby Christ in their world or in their street. So I think um, that probably. Is sums up my thoughts a little bit. I'm just trying to think if there's anything I'd want to add um, to that. But I think, yeah, anyway, have a great rest of the service, guys, and we'll see you next week. Take care.
0: Yeah, don't give him a round of applause because he's not here, eh? <laughs> if he was. Oh, yeah. Actually, we should. He's probably watching at home. <laughs> Good thoughts, really awesome thoughts. Donuts and Pakakariki. <laughs> all right, so uh, I've also asked Fenner to come up. I didn't tell you the order, so yeah, I guess it was like, do you want to use the lectern or do you want to go hands-free? Yeah, yeah I'll take yeah. the chocolates. Cool,
2: I might snack on while yeah. Good morning, everyone. So nice to be here to um, be with you all, see all these lovely faces. I will just use my phone i 've got notes in it, so excuse me, make sure that I don't go off track. Um, yeah, wow, what a strange few months. but um for me, for caleb um we've felt it 's been really significant um, we 've We've found ourselves quite challenged in um, many ways, not just practically but Mentally and spiritually, at times as well. Um, but the short answer is that we really did feel God moving uh, in our home, in our marriage, um, in the in our circumstances, um, and yeah, and and in the in this chapter of lockdown that we found ourselves in, um, we've we've always understood the idea of God always holding out that invitation to go deeper with him but during this season we really felt like he was saying come on let's do this you know now is the time um come come just really inviting us to go deeper um even with an urgency so so yeah we just we just saw these months as a really awesome opportunity to have the time to do that um and to do that together um and just to ask Jesus, again, those basic questions of, you know, who am I and who do you say that I am and um, what's your call on our life? Is it bigger than what we're doing now or are we exactly where we should be? You know, just trying to figure that out um, and put it into words for us as a family. And answers to those questions meant um, first kind of working through some personal baggage um, and addressing some cobwebs, um, some things in our marriage that had um, kind of come up. So um, we went there. We had some uncomfortable conversations, but we really felt like first God was saying, um, it all starts here in your, in your marriage and your family and your parenting, um, and it will grow from there. So we, um, we started with that, um, and in a way it kind of felt like we were just reforming back back to him as our first love, back to Jesus as our first love and really wanting to establish that. Um, So yeah, we're just removing clutter and comforts that we'd built up um, in our lives, just those little things that distract us sort of daily from taking up those opportunities to have communion um, with God that we feel like we'd neglected a bit. Um, Anyway, when I was thinking about what to share this morning, Hebrews 12, 1 came to mind. Um, the verse about throwing off that which hinders to run the race with perseverance. So um, I thought I'd read for you the Passion Translation because it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Um, As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us Like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has been already marked out before us. And um, I looked into it a little bit, and the Greek word for the marathon race um, is agona, which translates to agony or conflict. Like running a real marathon would feel like, and not that I have trained <laughs> for a real marathon, but obviously to be able to run one i'd have to go um, I'd have to undergo some pretty serious physical training. so in the same way, um, why would I not engage my spirit in some serious spiritual training to be able to run? the intense marathon of faith, if it's really described as an agonizing conflict, then it must be pretty hard at times. So um, I felt challenged in that way. Um, In verse 2, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Beautiful. So we've, we've basically, Caleb and myself, we've just been trying to engage as best we can, and often feebly, in this act of throwing off the hindrances um, throwing off the entanglement of sin, and beginning to just try and take seriously this training for our endurance marathon of faith and life, and just to figure out what that looks like for us practically as a family. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong, we we are fumbling through it, you know, figuring figuring it out as it comes. Um, But yeah, we ultimately, we're just trying. We're not trying to strive, you know. We're not trying to um, make ultimatums or big New Year's resolution promises that we might not be able to keep, but we're just um, trying to allow those deep desires for intimacy with God, because whether we realize it or not, that's the deep desire in there. So we're just trying to align our lives with that deep desire and just see what happens out of that um even if sometimes it seems emotional or a bit embarrassing or inconvenient you know at times we don't feel like praying or having a conversation about something um we're just trying to go there um and yeah it's felt a bit like a call to sacrifice sort of a yielding of sorts and um, when we were kind of engaging in conversation and prayer right at the start, sort of figuring out, like, what's going on? This feels a bit intense. Um, I was reminded of a song by um, the New Zealand artist Cindy Ruakiri, who, um, yeah, a song that I used to listen to quite a bit. It's based on the story of two uh, German Moravian missionaries in their 20s who felt a call to... Um, minister to slaves in the West Indies in the 1700s um, so yeah they willingly moved their lives there to as you can imagine some very dire circumstances to share the gospel with those forgotten people um, and the story goes that as they were sailing from the shore with the expectation that they might not ever return that they might never have families um, they cried out to, um, to their family on the shore, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward for his suffering. And that refrain just jumped out at me so intensely. Um, is my spirit positioned in such a way? Is my fire for Jesus that roaring that I can honestly say my desire is that he might receive the reward of his suffering through me? through the giving up of my life to him because the stunning truth for all of us is that he died to purchase me through his blood um, John Piper has put it am I pursuing in my life the things he bled to obtain that's a pretty full on question That might be one to ask yourself every morning. Am I pursuing in my life today the things he bled to obtain? So to return to Hebrews 12 verse 2, his example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross. Are we allowing ourselves to be his? Am I... Placing myself under his leadership? And that question, yeah, has stuck with me. That's kind of what's come out for me, for us during lockdown. Um, That surely the very least I could do in response to his utmost sacrifice is to lay down my life and not just as in the act of salvation, you know, that initial laying down when we when you came to him, um, but in the daily surrendering and making the pursuit of him the paramount call upon your life. And however that looks, it's going to be different for all of us, but that, yeah, that, that that's what we're called to do first and foremost, pursue him, pursue him, pursue him. Um ultimately, yeah, so that he might take pleasure in owning us, that he might take pleasure in owning you. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically all I had to share in terms of how that um, changes things for me or for us. Um, yeah, I think life is going to look a little different from now on and we have felt to make some small changes and some big changes. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of working through that and um, yeah, and just trying to be real and honest and vulnerable with Jesus. And yeah, it's an honor really. It's, it's been a beautiful opportunity. Um, yeah, that was all I had. Thank you. So good.
1: So good.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so good. Um, and my final guest for this morning is Matt. So welcome to the lectern. G'day.
3: Um, so, it's been an interesting time. I think uh, the so before we went into lockdown, we were having daily calls. Uh, the leadership team. I work for the Ministry of Justice in the digital services part of it, right? So the IT part of the Ministry of Justice, and we knew it was coming, and we had to prepare. We had to prepare for four and a half thousand people to work from home. We had to prepare for courts to run when no one could turn up in a court, because justice is an essential service. <clears throat> so for the weeks leading, for se- several weeks leading up to it, uh, on Saturday and Sunday. I'd be on these calls, be doing work in the background to to get stuff sorted out. And then we went into lockdown, and it's funny, I had all these ideas, right? I'm going to work on this, I'm going to write this thing, and I'm going to do this thing. I spent, most days, I would spend about eight to nine, maybe ten hours a day in video conference calls, all day. For pretty much the whole time. Uh, It was really gruelling, actually. It was really... I remember coming up one day after work uh, because I I was downstairs in our basement, the that room that when I spoke, that that sort of down there. It's quite cold down there, I have to say. But uh, um, but so for me, going to work was I'd get up, I'd have breakfast, and I'd I'd say I'm off to work now, and I'd go downstairs, and then I'd come up for lunch and go back down, and uh, it just you know it was this um, there was this relentlessness to it. And I remember coming up one day after work and saying to Natalia, she she asked how I was and I went, I think I feel, I actually feel sick. You know, my, my, I've got a scratchy throat, my body's all sore, I've got a headache and I just had video conference fatigue, really. <laughs> That's basically what it was. So it was a really, so for me it was a really challenging time in that regard uh, and I was actually really glad to be able to go back into the office uh, just because it made Actually, it made a whole lot of the work easier because I'd spend all this day on video calls and yet there'd be a whole bunch of stuff happening that I didn't know about that I should have known about and should have been doing stuff with because you miss the corridor conversations and things like that. So I found it a really um, weird time, personally, from a work point of view, and didn't get a lot of time to reflect. Um, So I I think in some ways I had quite a different experience to the rest of the family. Um, But the... One of the things that um Natalia was like so she one of the things that that she was doing was you know you'd go for your state approved walk and uh and 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 writing messages on the pavement in chalk, including messages to the neighbors and things like that and then actually people would stop and read the messages and there'd be these opportunities to have these conversations that you wouldn't normally have had because people are, oh that's really interesting and they they'd ask questions about it um so I I you know there's this uh I I think one of the things for me actually is is reflecting on it is that for me it was a quite you know that I like to say quite a different experience to the rest of the family who all had their own stuff that they were dealing with and and you know going through but for me you know I was down in the basement on video calls all day but there you go so I think the thing that that I was thinking before we went into lockdown I've been thinking a lot about church and what church is and why we, why we do it and all of that. And over the time when I was down there, this is what I kept thinking about and kept praying about and, and, and talking to God about when I you know, had my moment between calls. You know, the, the, the funny thing about being in an office and going to lots of meetings is that you get up and you walk between meeting rooms and you kind of have a moment to just take a breath. When you're on a Zoom call... Click off, click on. I'm on the next one. I'm on the next one. I'm on the next one. And because on with Zoom in particular, they're only 40 minutes. So you'd have uh, like 15 meetings, right? Because they'd be, you know, half an hour, half an hour, half an hour, half an hour, half an hour. So it was, but there were these moments when I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking about it and thinking about church and thinking about sitting down there and thinking about what it all means. And for me, it it really has made me think about when you read about the, what the, what's going on in the world today. So, I've got a few notes here. the The world is on fire, right? That's what people say. There's this pandemic, right? There's this there's rioting uh, in in the US, in the UK, in other countries. And there's this thing that you see people talking about on the internet, oh, hopefully 2020 will be better than 2019. Apparently not. Or 2019 will be better than 2018. And I'm sure someone at the end of this year will be going, oh, I bet you 2021 will be better than 2020. But the reality is stuff happens. I think for me that the the COVID-19 pandemic has really highlighted this in ways we don't normally think about. We can kind of think about some of those things that are happening in the world as happening over there. It's happening in America, or it's happening in the UK, or it's happening somewhere else. This happened to us. And in particular, I think it has exposed the church and how we think about what church is. And... I'm going to speak generally here, right? The standard sort of Western model of church, and that's a massive generalization. So you would just take it as the massive generalization it is. Treats it as a place, not a people, right? We talk about going to church, and church is that building over there. It treats it treats it as a gathering, not a movement. And it's attractional. You know, you come into the church, And, you know, that wasn't possible in the same way when we were in lockdown, was it? But we were still able to do church and we were still able to be church. And I think, uh, you know, this, this sort of standard model is not really missional in the sense of being out in the world and it's not really incarnational in the sense of we are incarnations of Christ in the world, like Caleb was talking about. And so you know i've been th- i 'd been thinking about this before, but it really painted at large for me over that time and don 't get me wrong, I love gatherings and places. I was so stoked to be able to come back and and see you all, right? and and, and be here and worship together and listen to each other and fellowship with each other it's absolutely it, it's such it's such a it's actually such a faith building thing to do to be in community with fellow believers. But the thing, the thing that I've been thinking about, and it's just been rattling around in my head, is that we are called to carry the hope that we have—the hope of the gospel—out to the world, not to ask the world to come in, not to wait for the world to gather in our place of gathering, because you know they're not, right? So, so you know, it's just the way it is. You know, church is not something we go to. It is not something we do. How do we be church differently, as individuals, as small groups, as large groups? What does it mean to be the church in the world? And 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 I tell you, we we are living in a world that is crying out for what we have. It just. Desperate for it, hope. They are desperate for hope, desperate for love. We are hope bearers. That's what that's. We've been given this gift. You know, Fenner and, and Kayla both talked about it in different ways. We've been given. We, you know, I'm just trying to think of the words you used. He, he bled for us to obtain us and to plant in us hope and love and mercy that we can give away, because it's not like we're going to run out. We are attached to an infinite source of hope and love and mercy. So man, let's give it away. We live in a world that's crying out for love. We carry the love of God in us. What I learned in, in lockdown was to think differently about church, to see it as a movement and a people, even as a kind of i'm going to use some jargon here a sort of mimetic virus right and a virus of ideas right we are carriers of a contagion the contagion of the kingdom right the the virus of hope how about we start spreading it how about we we see ourselves as carriers of this thing that can go out and bring light to darkness and and i was thinking about that and going well how do, how can you sum up the hope that we have really really simply and it's, maybe it's not that simple, but it is simple. But Psalm 23 does it, right? I'm just going to read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack, I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Thanks so much for that word and for the song, right? We, we have this, we can feast even in the times of crisis. We can feast with the Lord, right? We did it here. Surely goodness and love, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of, my, of the Lord forever. When times are good, he leads us beside still waters. He refreshes our soul. When times are tough, when we're locked down in our homes, you know, when, when, when the world is on fire, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. And he prepares that table for us in the presence of our enemies. And surely his goodness and his love will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that a wonderful thing to take out and give to other people?
0: Very good, thanks, Matt. So, so good, so good, hey. Um, so, awesome words, hey, uh, from Caleb and Fiona and Matt. Um, thanks, guys, and. Um, and so we kind of always have this have this opportunity hey like to, what is what is the Lord speaking to us about you know as as individuals and 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 what are we going to do with with those kinds of with the words that he is is sharing and um um you know we're all in different kinds of we're all in different situations, like I'm looking around and and I know some of your stories, and there's loads of people that I don't know um you know what your lives are like and um but our your belief of of, um, of us at this church is that the Lord knows what's going on in your life, and the Lord um, wants to speak to you. And um, and and sort of in this in this moment, we can sort of open ourselves up, you know, um, in the five minutes before we go and have coffee and everything. Just open ourselves up to hearing what the Lord is speaking to us in this moment. And um, how do you hear from the Lord? Well, that's a interesting interesting question. And um, Tessa's got an interesting story about that. So
2: Last night um, I was putting our toddler Elena to bed, she's three, and um she said to me, She was meant to be sleeping, and she said, Mummy, is Jesus right here? And I said, Yeah, yeah, he's right here and she said, But I can't see him and I said, Oh, I can't either. That's okay, he is right here. And um and I said, You can you can talk to him whenever you want, just start talking, it's fine. Or you could ask him a question, you could say, What are you saying, Jesus? And she went what are you saying, Jesus? Like, she actually kind of went off to the side, and then immediately she said, I love you. Like, did Jesus tell you that he loved you? Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. It was so cool. So, uh, yeah, it's just awesome that she's so little real about it. Like, ask him, what are you saying? And yeah.
0: Yeah, it was awesome, mate, because he's because she, uh, she kind of understood that, oh, if Jesus is right here, then I can ask him, and we. You know Jesus is right here with us right now. You know he's he's in the room. Um, he doesn't belong to this room, eh, Amen. But um, but he's in the room right now. So let's just pause for a moment. You know, dial down, uh, close your eyes maybe, or just uh, look. Just open yourself up, and, and I'll pray. Um, we'll just take a thirty seconds or something, and we'll just just pay attention to those things. Lord Jesus, what are you saying? What are you saying, Lord? What are you speaking to our hearts right now? We pause in your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. So some of you might be feeling something or some of you might not be feeling anything. Some of you might be hearing something and you go, that's the Lord speaking. And some of you might not be hearing anything. Don't stress. Don't need to panic. He he responds to us in, in different ways. So it's like this going, Lord, even if I'm not feeling anything, even if I'm not hearing anything, I just trust in, in your goodness, like that little psalm I read before about the steadfast love of God, the faithfulness of God. Yeah, we thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the ones, for the words that you are speaking and, and for the uh, for the people here to hear, that are hearing your voice, hearing that you, you love them, hearing that you have um, joy over them, hearing that you've got uh, good, Good plans, good things in store um, lord i I think that um, I get a sense that you're you 're speaking um, to people about the things that you 'd have them do, uh, how they are to be uh, lights in the darkness, how to um, to show your love to others or to show your goodness to others, or uh, it might be um, Lord about um, letting go of things that are um, um, might be sinful behavior, things that are leading us away from you, or it might actually be not sinful, but things that are kind of getting in the way of of what you're leading us into. So Lord, let your words be the ones that uh, land in people's hearts, in our hearts this morning. Not my words, Matt's words, Caleb's words, Fenner's words, all the words that we hear. Let it be your words that are are spoken into our hearts, Lord. Because your words are words of life and hope, and truth. Your words are uh, words that go deep, they're not superficial, Lord. Your words are um, words that we can lean back on, uh, anchors, Lord. So let your words just be the the ones that we hold on to this morning. We thank you so much, Jesus, our King. Amen.